If you've been following along to this series on soil health, then you'll know that we've already covered the main three nutrients. And those are the three nutrients that you find in shop-bought fertilizers, usually referred to as N, P and K, being nitrogen, phosphate and potassium. Well, today we're going to very briefly look at the remaining minerals and micronutrients that all or at least most of your plants will need. Hello and welcome to the Self-Sufficient Hub podcast. I'm Carl from selfsufficienthub.com and I'm here to talk about all things self-sufficiency. Sustainability and food security matters. Hello everyone and welcome to episode 79 of the Self-Sufficient Hub podcast. I hope you're all safe and well. Well today we're going to be dealing with the remaining micronutrients that our plants need and we're going to follow the same pattern if you like as we've done all along. First of all we're going to talk about how you would spot these deficiencies and then we're going to talk about how you can cure them. Now each of these is going to be hopefully something that you're going to come across very rarely if at all but I do think it's worth just knowing how to spot these signs because if you do have them then it's much much easier and better to treat them earlier rather than later before your entire harvest has failed. So one thing I want to just reiterate and I've said it many many times throughout this series and that is that the main way that you're going to combat almost all of these symptoms is just by generally keeping up with your good first principles practice of manuring, composting and using lots of organic matter in your vegetable beds and around your fruit trees and what have you. So just to reiterate that point, I don't want anyone to panic or start uh, going down a rabbit hole of worrying about all these micronutrients and thinking that I wish I hadn't listened to all that because it's just one more thing to worry about. It doesn't have to be. This is just an extra tool in your toolkit so that if you do happen to come across one of these things, then you've already got some kind of baseline knowledge. You're ready for that little alarm bell to go off and think, right, okay, maybe now I need to look into this a little bit deeper. So perhaps you can mentally bookmark this episode as one that you can pop back and refer to as and when you find uh, different issues in your plants and the same for the whole series really. So we're going to start today by talking about calcium. Now calcium is something that lots of plants use in their leaves and buds and a calcium deficiency will most likely show itself when your young leaves in the terminal bud become sort of hooked over and start dying back earlier than they might have otherwise done and the leaves will often look quite wrinkly. It can also show itself as the roots being shorter and excessively splitting into smaller and smaller branches. So that's how you would spot a calcium deficiency and with all the things that we're talking about today we're assuming that we're we're already fairly comfortable with our NP and K our nitrogen phosphate and uh, 
potassium levels in our soil. So if you've got a calcium deficiency, you would correct that by adding a kind of lime or calcium-based fertilizer to your to your ground. But of course, we, we're trying to avoid the need for fertilizer. So another way of adding this is to add fent mushroom compost. So mushroom compost that you've already used to grow something in, that spent compost is something that's going to be really good at increasing the calcium levels. Now, if you've got soil that's already quite alkaline if you're on an alkaline soil already then you're not really going to want to add any more lime so another option is gypsum now gypsum is neutral so it's not going to further alkaline your soil so you can add it to an alkaline soil and it's worth saying that you, you, it's really not very often that you're going to come across a calcium deficiency in normal soil. It's going to happen when perhaps an area has been used as a garden, as a vegetable garden for quite some time. And that's what's led to the buildup of a deficiency of calcium within the soil. So again, just our normal first practices of recycling our plant material is going to avoid this in most cases but it can happen on plots that you've used for several years or that have been overdosed with potash if you've been possibly treating a potash deficiency then the addition of lots and lots of ash can actually make a calcium deficiency over time so it's really going to be in clay soils sticky clay soils that you're going to see this and to just dig in some gypsum over time is going to be how you would cure it now gypsum is calcium sulfate it's a naturally occurring mineral it's been regularly referred to as beneficial for breaking up compacted soil and things like clay so it's really useful for improving your soil structure as well and if you've got excessively heavy clay soils and perhaps they're being compacted quite a lot perhaps you're using a no dig method which is you know one of the ways that we embrace compacted soil if you like and if you're overcropping and you know your, your plot gets flooded a lot things like that these are all going to mean that perhaps you should consider introducing some gypsum it's readily available it's a natural product and it's going to cure your calcium problems and add to your soil health but again just to reiterate this is more likely if you've got a clay soil that you've really been almost intensively farming if you like not that there's anything wrong with that in and of itself you can now support the show directly just go to patreon.com forward slash self-sufficient hub. You can become a patron and set up to donate to the show from any amount. Pledging as little as $3 a month makes a huge difference. If that's not your thing, you can also support the show by sharing it with people you know or posting about it on social media. We really appreciate all the help that you give us. It's people like you that make this show possible.
Okay, next up we're going to be talking about magnesium deficiency. Now, magnesium deficiency is going to most likely show itself in just a general lack of colour in your plants. It's going to be a dulling of the colour and almost like a browning of the colour it's going to start at the bottom of the plants and spread upwards, but much like in potassium deficiencies, it's going to show itself between the veins in the leaves, not necessarily on the veins. And again, another feature is that you're most likely to see these patches in the center of the leaves working outwards rather than on the outside of the leaves working inwards. Now this is an important point because if you're seeing a magnesium deficiency in potatoes, you can mistake that for blight, but blight it's going to show itself on the outside of the leaves first and the magnesium deficiency is going to be the opposite of that. Now you can also see a similar feature happening to the leaves of some of your fruit trees such as cherries and apples and reddish borders on the leaves of gooseberries so now we are onto the borders of the leaves rather than in our nightshades now the reason magnesium is so important is because our plants need it to produce chlorophyll and chlorophyll is required for photosynthesis and photosynthesis is how our plants gain energy from the sun so it is a vital part of the plant's life cycle and it controls you know the whole growth of the plants so apart from the color changes the plants that are suffering from a magnesium deficiency are also going to be just generally stunted and perhaps have misshapen curling leaves now magnesium deficiency like all the deficiencies we're talking about today is not particularly common in fact it's, it's fairly rare unless you've got chalky ground if you're on chalky soil then the chalk that's in the ground can actually lock up some of the magnesium in the ground that would otherwise be available to our plants and lock it up in the form of dolomite which is actually insoluble to our plants and a lot of the things we've been talking about in this series is about nutrients being soluble or not and if they're soluble it means that the plants can take them up and use them and if they're insoluble then it means they're kind of locked away in compounds that the plant cannot access uh, another cause for this is if perhaps you've been adding too much lime to your ground so that's something to also bear in mind now like everything else we've spoken about there's a problem but there's also a solution and a deficiency of magnesium if you've identified one can be corrected as simply as adding magnesium sulfate now magnesium sulfate is epsom salts you've almost certainly heard of those they're readily available and they're another natural product and you don't need to add a tremendous amount of them either just a small amount in some water watered in and that's going to amend your magnesium deficiency if you've got really quite chalky soils then you might want to add epsom salts every year but of course there is another easier way and that is to just make sure that you're introducing lots of farm manure so cattle manure to your regular composting cycles if you're able because to introduce all that organic matter in the form of farmyard manure is going to build up a lovely reserve of magnesium that is going to be soluble to our plants so that's a another easy long-term sustainable way of keeping on top of your magnesium levels next up is sulfur now 
sulfur deficiency is going to show itself in very very light green young leaves so the young leaves of your plants are going to go quite pale and the veins are going to be even paler so it's an easier one to spot and in some plants like again our nightshades it's going to appear this this discoloration is going to appear more as spots so light spots pale spots or sort of a mottling of the leaves now fruits can appear prematurely but even though they arrive early they're not really going to come to much they're going to stay smaller than you might expect and they're probably going to stay immature or at least a good portion of them rather than ripening so like everything else we've said sulfur deficiency is another fairly rare one particularly here in the UK and that's because we get we're quite a built up air quite a built up island if you like so we do get a little bit of acid in our rain and that sulfuric acid in our rain which we get from our air pollution and and most built up and first world countries do have this it's going to start in the big cities but drift everywhere around really and that means that even in rural areas such as where I live you're still going to be getting naturally some sulfur which is going to be making its way into the soil and ultimately making its way to our plants and where they need it so if you do have a sulfur deficiency then the easiest way to amend for that is pretty much like we mentioned for calcium it's going to be just adding a little bit of gypsum to the soil and you're not going to need very much at all because sulfur is something that our plants do only need in trace elements so that's another one ticked off our list that is fairly simple to identify and fairly simple to amend it's really easy for you to get in touch with us you can do it either by sending an email to selfsufficientcontact at gmail.com or by using the link in the show notes to send us a voice message. You can send us a voice message just using your phone. You could also reach out to us on Facebook where we have the Self Sufficient Hub group and the Self Sufficient Hub page. We're always thrilled to get your feedback, questions or suggestions for future topics on the show. Okay, so the penultimate nutrient that we're going to be talking about is boron. And boron is one of the micronutrients that is required, again, in just trace elements by some of our plants. Now, a deficiency of boron is going to show itself in some of our plants as cracks in the stalk. So celery, for example, if you've got cracks at the base of your stalks, then that's going to be one of the signs of a boron deficiency. Another way of spotting it, if you're growing cauliflowers, would be brown rot in the cauliflowers. And also if you're growing swedes, beets, other root crops like that, then rotting in the hearts of those roots, the actual bits that you're harvesting, could also be a sign of boron deficiency. Now some of your leafy plants coupled with these symptoms will display some yellowing tops on the top of their leafy elements. These are going to be signals that you may have a boron deficiency. Now boron is something again that is 
not likely to be a problem that you have and it's also going to be something that is easy to rectify now again it's going to be more likely depending on your soil type so if you do have a boron deficient soil then it's likely to be a chalky soil as boron gets again locked up as an insoluble compound and that is calcium borate so there's a really simple fix which is to get some borax b-o-r-a-x now there's a difference between borax and boric acid borax is a sodium it's it's known as sodium tetraborate or disodium tetraborate and it's not the same as boric acid which is hydrogen borate you don't really need to remember these terms but you just need to remember that there's a difference between borax and boric acid and it's borax that you want now both compounds that i've mentioned they're used as low toxicity pesticides for for home use and they shouldn't be toxic to humans or pets when they're used as recommended but they can be toxic to ants and some smaller animals if you use them in too heavily dosed areas so it's really important to only use a very very small amount of them so the easiest way is to get some borax and dilute it just a small amount maybe an ounce of borax and dilute that with half a bucket of water and then just water that liberally over a couple of square meters so that would be i don't know just a few grams say 10 grams in a couple of liters of water per square meter something like that now it might be useful for you to carry out this treatment annually if you have chalky soils and you're seeing this deficiency but again do be careful not to overdose because not only can it be slightly toxic to some animals but it can also be make, make some plants are actually also sensitive to it so you don't want to be using borax on your soft fruit like strawberries and black currants, raspberries, things like that, or near your pear, plum, apples, cherry trees. Now, some other plants are far more tolerant to boron. So peas, radishes, potatoes, tomatoes, nightshades, all those kind of things, they are fairly tolerant to boron. But it's better to apply it at the beginning of the growing season and to not actually water it over the plants themselves but around the base so some plants will actually be quite happy with it near them lettuce cabbage other brassicas things like that and then obviously your soft fruit as i mentioned they will want to be steered clear of if you feel the need to add a boron additive so again it's one of those things that you're not likely to come across but it's a useful tool in your arsenal just to be able to identify it and amend for it you can find self-sufficient hub content elsewhere online in lots of other places we have a youtube channel we also have our website and now there's our facebook page and facebook group Links to all of these you can find in the show notes. Come check us out. And last up is iron deficiency. And there's a reason that I've left this one till last. And that is because the symptoms of this, which would be yellow tips to the leaf shoots, and particularly on fruit trees like plums and cherries, 
the reason I've left this one till last is because if you're seeing these yellow tips on the leaves, then most likely what you have is actually a nitrogen deficiency or a magnesium deficiency. And you should look a bit deeper into those two first in that order. First amend for nitrogen, then magnesium. But if you have already met your plant's needs with regards to nitrogen and magnesium and you're still seeing these symptoms, then what you most likely have is an iron deficiency. Now, iron is yet another one that's quite simple to amend for, and you can amend for it just by adding 50 grams or so of ferrous sulfate, which is sulfate of iron, and you would normally purchase that as crystals, which you could then dissolve in water and you would put that around the base of your tree or whatever is showing these symptoms but the time to do this is right at the start if you're really on it with your diagnosis and you're spotting these signs of these pale shoots nice and early then you can get this treatment on and it will basically save that year's harvest you shouldn't have too much trouble but in the long term if you're finding that you're having to do this treatment over and over again there's a lovely method that you can use and that is basically to find some rusty nails so some non-galvanized nails or washers or any old bits of iron that are actually going to rust and just bury them around the roots of your plants now again the time that you're going to see this is again more dependent on your soil so it's more likely that you're going to see this kind of deficiency if you've got a chalky soil or one that is really, really rich in manganese. These are the types of soil that are going to suffer from a shortage of iron. And in which case, then you may find that you will have to add something that's going to rust into the ground, or you're going to find that you might be adding the ferrous sulfate on an annual basis. But again, as always, whatever our ground is, it's going to be the fact that it is in nine times out of ten all of these micronutrients problems are going to be solved by our general good practices and the reason for that is because a lot of these are only going to show themselves if we've got particularly acidic or particularly alkaline soils soils that are at the edges of the normal range and of course by continually adding organic matter we're going to be dragging our soil closer and closer to neutral year on year so the likelihood of seeing these types of problems is going to diminish over time couple that with the fact that we're going to be actually replacing those nutrients within our compost if we're using as much of our plant matter as possible to recycle through that system and chances are you're going to be keeping on top of these things anyway so it's unfortunate I suppose that a lot of these deficiencies you you don't really necessarily know you've got them until it's too late because you're spotting them some of the symptoms in your actual harvested crops in your root vegetables and things like that but at least having these bits of knowledge ready then you're going to be able to amend for any of these deficiencies that do turn up in time for next year's crops and some of them of course you if you spot them early enough then you're going to be able to save this year's crops so nitrogen magnesium and iron deficiencies they can all be spotted really early if you're paying close attention to your plants and it's also quite often 
possible to save the entire crop by acting early enough. And in the long term, again, as I've said, the, the best way to protect yourself against these is just to build up plenty of compost, which is going to recycle and conserve all of the elements that our plants are going to need. So if you're going to be taking in fertilizer from outside, then just do it knowledgeably do it sparingly and try not to rely on that as your first port of call because it's almost certainly unnecessary i hope that that has been a useful series and i hope that it has been digestible and simple enough to understand i'd love to hear your feedback as to how you found it whether it was a bit too vague a bit too simple if you'd like a bit more depth or if it was too complicated and hard to follow i'd love to know how i'm hitting these for you guys so please do get in touch and let me know other than that until next time stay safe and i will speak to you on wednesday if you find this podcast valuable there's several ways you can support it the easiest of which is to rate and review it wherever you get your podcasts You could also talk about it or share it wherever you post online, including your social media pages. And now you can support the podcast directly by becoming a patron at patreon.com forward slash self-sufficient hub. However you support the podcast, we really appreciate it. Thank you for listening. See you soon.